You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to another daily dose of Locked On Blue Jays, your source for Toronto Blue Jays talk. I am your host, Ryan Andrews. I am back with you after a, well, Let's say it's a disappointing weekend from a sports standpoint, but it was a fine fine weekend for the from the weather standpoint. It's been beautiful out here in Nova Scotia, but that's that's about it. Um, especially when it comes to Toronto sports. I know this is not an NBA podcast, but LeBron is uh, he, he's going to terrify. He's going to be the boogeyman. Uh, of Toronto school children's dreams. People just tell them, if you're not careful, LeBron will come up and hit a runner over you to devastate you and take away all your dreams. So, yeah, been that kind of weekend for Toronto sports. Um, when we last left off on Friday, we were talking about the doubleheader in Cleveland and looking ahead to the three-game series in Tampa that would finally close that string of Blue Jays games. Uh, Monday is their first off day in what seems like forever. What with the the weather postponements and everything, just playing havoc with the schedule. We we wanted to see them go into Tampa and try and slay those demons, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They lost two or three in Tropicana Field, which really should have been bulldozed in 2009, but somehow still remain standing, still holding that packed Tampa Bay crowd of, oh, they tried to sell it as 16,000, but we all know it was less than that. Come on, we're not blind. But yeah, another disappointing outing to Tampa Bay for the Toronto Blue Jays. And we're going to talk about some pieces that were that were especially disappointing, and we will... We'll also talk about some good that came out of that Tampa Bay series. I will probably find some way to wreck the good, but hey, we'll try and keep it light. Um, but let's start with the offense, because the offense was the biggest problem in that Tampa Bay series. Could only muster seven runs during the entire three-game set. They were lucky to get a win out of it, and we'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast, but... Yeah, the offense was not good, and it kept taking hits. The Tropicana Field Turf playing havoc on the Blue Jays' health yet again. Uh, In Game 1, Curtis Granderson left due to a hamstring issue. He was replaced by Dalton Pompey, and then Pompey and recently called up Anthony Alford ended up splitting the left field duties. And then... In the series finale, Alebmus Diaz, after driving in a run, pulled a Troy Tulowitzki on first base and knocked his ankle around. Um, so he got replaced by Lourdes Goriel. We don't have the full extent of how long Alebmus Diaz is out. X-rays earlier today show no damage, but it is a it is an ankle sprain. And we're not sure if Diaz will require a DL trip. If he does, Richard Urania will likely be recalled immediately after he was up for a brief cameo. I'm not sure they want to do Devin Travis yet, just because, again, if it's if it's a short stint, 
they'll probably prefer to have Travis rediscover his stroke in Buffalo before they give him the chance to call up, and Devin Travis has not done that yet. Yeah, Travis's stats in Buffalo, not uh, not encouraging. He's still only batting 217 there. So I think the Blue Jays want to give him a little more time, rediscover that stroke before they call him. I think Urania would get the call up should Diaz have to go on the DL. Uh, Granderson hasn't hit the DL yet. Again, Pompey and Alfred are both up now. They've, they've uh, shortened the bullpen a little bit when they sent Jay Pet- Jake Petrica down to get Alfred. And that's actually not bad going forward because it does allow the Blue Jays to get a really good look at Dalton Pompey and see what exactly they have in him going forward. I We talked uh, in the offseason about how this was going to be a make-or-break campaign for Pompey, and so far, results are all right. You know, he's showing he can get on base. He's showing he can play good outfield defense. It's just a matter of if there's a spot for Pompey going forward. I'm not sure there is. I think Alfred lapped him in in the prospect rankings. Now, Alfred did not, was one for four. Uh, he scored the run on the Diaz uh, RBI single. So he's showing off the wheels as well. He did have a stolen base, which was good to see. And again, as a Blue Jays team, they're always looking for more speed on the base paths. But this will be a test to see who is able to kind of assert themselves at least this year, because this is the important year. This is the year that the Blue Jays are are definitely trying to go for it with, with the rotation they have and with Josh Donaldson and, and Justin Smoke still in the fold. This is the year they're they're going for it, so they need to see which one of them can contribute more now. From the looks of it, Pompey has an early lead in that category, so if Granderson is able to play again, or you know, one of the other uh, injured Blue Jays, if Steve, Pier- if Steve Pierce is ready, it's likely Alfred who goes back down to Buffalo quicker. So we'll, we'll see. But, but the, the big pro- problem is they didn't solve the offensive woes that the Blue Jays had at the trop. And you have to look squarely at the bringer of rain. Josh Donaldson was over the series. He's over 10 with two walks. That's, that's not acceptable. Like, I mean, we've been we've been talking about this, but but Donaldson coming back, he had that great display of hitting against Cleveland, and it just completely dried up against Tampa Bay. Donaldson was was anemic at the plate, and like there there's blame to go around. Like Kendris Morales continued his 0 for 23 streak with absolutely no. No show of power. Making me look really good, by the way, after I after I passionately defended him in the point-counterpoint on Wednesday, saying, oh, Kendris will, will hit. No, no, he he barely played passable first base. Like, it, it's getting to the point where you wonder what the Blue Jays will have to do with Kendris Morales if they might have to borrow a page from the NHL, send him off to Robida Island or something. Because just it it was so bad. I I know Tropicana Field is hellacious to try and hit in with the catwalk lights and everything, but it just was not good. Maybe maybe a day off helps, but Kendra's Morales is in a black hole right now, and he's a black hole in that Blue Jays lineup. It's where momentum goes to die. He's batting 152. He's got an OPS of 514. 
which is on par with Anthony Alford, which is bad because Anthony Alford has played one game. So I don't know what they do with Morales in in that lineup, but they have to do something. They have to get more production out of that DH slot because the display of power was not there in Tampa Bay, aside from that one Alemis Diaz home run. And we may not have Diaz. Diaz may not be there. They got they got a couple a couple of solo shots in the middle game, the five three game, to kind of make it close. They Lourdes Gurriel took Sergio Romo deep, which is like taking a T-ball stand deep. But again, these solo shots, they don't do anything to really help the offense without people getting on base. And that's been a problem for the Blue Jays. They can't get on base consistently. And when they do, they're erased. Josh Donaldson hits into a double play. Yanervis Salarte hits into a double play. I, I thought we were past the point of just expecting double plays off the bats of Blue Jays. But that series in Tampa on that concrete that they call a field proved me wrong. But anyway, I, I told you we are going to talk about some of the good that came out of the Tampa Bay series. And we will do that. But again, I will probably wreck it. And here's how I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to tell you why Blue Jays fans shouldn't get overly excited over the starting pitching performance the Blue Jays got from Marco Estrada in Tampa Bay. And I will tell you why right after this. Okay, so Marco Estrada looked like Marco Estrada on Sunday. It was a nice change from the Marco Estrada that looked like Milwaukee Marco Estrada, the one that kept giving up home runs. Marco had given up nine home runs and six starts heading into that, but he kept the ball in the park against Tampa Bay, which is huge because... Again, the offense was not doing anything, so Marco had to pretty much be perfect and not pitch like he had all season, and Marco did. Six shutout innings against Tampa Bay, dropped his ERA a full run. That's great. That's a big step forward for Marco Estrada. However, I know, I'm going to wreck it. He walked four, He walked more people than he got to grand, ground out. In that game, he walked four batters, induced three ground balls. Marco is a fly ball pitcher. Like, he's been a fly ball pitcher his entire career. It's why he has issues with the home runs. But he got really lucky against the Tampa Bay team that does not have a power hitter. Logan Morrison isn't there anymore. Greg Vaughn isn't there anymore. Evan Longoria isn't there anymore. All these power threats from previous years for Tampa Bay are not there. When their biggest power threat is Brad Miller they're not going to keep the ball from from flying. They're going to be keeping it in the ballpark, trying to win with the small ball, trying to win with the with the hits over and over again, like they did against Jay Happ, like they did against Aaron Sanchez, knocked them out early. So it's a team that plays very well to Marco's strengths in that they can't power those balls out of the park and really do the damage against Estrada. And again, they were taking pitches on them. Four walks, Season high for Marco Estrada, not great. 100 pitches through six innings, not great. Better than he has been doing when it took him 100 pitches to get through five innings. But it's still not the Marco of old. It's still not the Marco that Toronto has been banking on to really help uh, be that that third, fourth starter that they wanted uh, when they gave him that extension in the offseason. 
So, yeah, I'm I'm excited that Marco was able to keep the ball in the park. So only the second start of the season, he hasn't given up a home run. So that's great, but I'm not expecting it again. I I'm not saying, oh, this is a return. The magician's back. He's gonna he's gonna. I I feel this start is an illusion, and I want Blue Jays fans to keep that in mind heading into his next start, which should be against the Red Sox. If if they continue to to keep going with that trend, he, it's another team of a lot of power threats. So if Marco has a great start against the Red Sox, then I'm more inclined to buy into him having figured things out and being that pitcher that was so good that that had that dominant changeup going when the Blue Jays made these playoffs runs. But I'm not buying it yet. I'm not buying it with a performance against Tampa Bay. And that that being said. Estrada was the best starting pitcher. Like, Hap, it, it was an off start for Hap. I'm not going to fault him for it. But it, it he was kind of let down a bit by the defense behind him. Uh, and again, also had walk issues. Grant, granted, the Blue Jays were not getting any calls this series, and and let's just let's just put this out there. I know I'm not breaking new ground, but CB Buckner is absolutely terrible. He has no consistency with his strike zone. It's like he flips a coin in his mind whether or not he wants to call it a ball or a strike, and he has zero perception of the bottom part of the strike zone. I don't think he can even see it, which baffled me why Aaron Loop was pitching when you have a guy who strike zone ends at his waist. So, I mean, it is it is what it is there. Aaron Loop battled through that with an inning and a third scoreless, which was nice to see. But another issue that did come up was the home run ball with the with the bullpen on on Sunday, Tapera giving up that home run to to the number nine hitter Carlos Gomez cost Marco Estrada the win on Sunday, and it just highlights the lone Achilles heel that has formed in this Blue Jays bullpen is that they will give up home runs. They they don't do it often, but when they do, that's that's where the damage comes against this bullpen. If you look at the stats of this bullpen after the Tampa Bay series, um, Tyler Clippard has given up three earned runs. All three were home runs. Ryan Tapera has given up five earned runs. Four of them were home runs. Sung Juan O has given up three earned runs. Two of them were home runs. John Axford hasn't given up a home run. That's great. Aaron Loop has given up a home run, but there are other issues with Aaron Loop. That's that's why he's given up seven earned runs so far. But but you look at Clippard, Tapera O, even, even Danny Barnes before he started really kind of fading back a little bit. Four of his earned runs, two of them came via home run. This, this Blue Jays bullpen does have a problem with the gopher ball, and, and it's indicative of the of the staff as well. I mean, it, Marco Estrada's given up nine. Jamie Garcia's given up eight. It's, it's a problem with the staff in general that the gopher ball has been a problem. The long ball has been a problem. They're not able to keep the ball in the park consistently. Now, the Blue, Blue Jays bullpen has done a great job at minimizing the damage that comes from these home runs. Like I said... Yeah, Clipper gives is given up three earned runs all via the home run, but that means they were all solo shots. They were they're limiting the damage there. But as we start to get into June and July and August, when when the season starts to take its toll, pitches may not be as crisp. You may have that extra walk 
hanging out there. You may have that extra batter who got a single on there. That's when the home runs start doing damage. And to see the home runs emerge this early for this Blue Jays pitching staff gives me reason to pause. Because, again, it, it's fine if they're solo shots. Lord, Lord knows, we've been watching the Blue Jays dump solo shots after solo shot. I think they're leading the majors in home runs still, heading into Monday's play. But they're they're all solo shots. They're all one-run shots. They're not the hits that are going to do the damage. It's the grand slams. It's the, it's the three-run home runs that do the damage for you. And it remains to be seen whether or not both the Blue Jays can actually try to get those shots, try to get, you know, the two-run double, the, the bases-clearing double, hits like that, as opposed to just relying on... on knocking the ball out of the park and just just getting these solo home runs because the Blue Jays bullpen has been very fortunate from that standpoint this year. I'm not sure how fortunate they will be when the summer starts really coming into play, when it starts beating down. And it's something that they may have to work on before that. They have a couple very good power hitting teams coming in to the Rogers Center this week and the Mariners and the Red Sox. It's going to be imperative that you limit the damage that those hitters can do. Keep Nelson Cruz to solo home runs. Keep J.D. Martinez to solo home runs. Cano, Betts, um, Ramirez. Like As long as you can keep the damage these guys do to a minimum, if you don't compound those mistakes... The Blue Jays should be able to put together a successful homestand. I mean, it, it was it was a success to go four and four on that road trip. That was a hellacious road trip, eight games in seven days. Like to get a split out of that is pretty good. I'm not faulting the Blue Jays for that, but if they want to remain in contention for that wild card spot, if they want to try and keep pace with a Boston team that looked pretty bad against Kansas City, they're this is what they have to do. They need to make sure those mistakes aren't compounded and that they start taking advantage. They start working counts to get on for those power hitters. Cause like, I don't believe Josh Donaldson will have another O for series. I don't think T Oscar Hernandez is going to go O for seven in two games. I, well, Kendris Morales might stay O for forever, but if he does get a hold of one, you want to be able to take the fullest advantage of that hit. You want to take full advantage to get get an extra base runner. Double the value of that home run. It's it's like the three-point shot in basketball. Three points, three-point shot, worth more than two sh- two-point shot. That's why they keep taking it. It's just, it's the same with home runs. Solo shots are great, but when you can do the two home run, three three run home run damage, that's what kills teams. That's what breaks teams in half. The Blue Jays can start doing that and make sure they limit it, it sounds so simple. Don't give up home runs. Don't hit home runs and you will win. It, it sounds so simple, but it it's harder than it looks to put into practice. And and the Blue Jays, with the offense they've they've shown so far this year, they they need to start taking advantage of that. And I, when they come back to action on Tuesday, that's what I'll be looking for them to do. Um, but. But I hope you're all going to be looking for it, too, because I would love to keep talking with you guys on Twitter about this. I, some of you have been doing so. We've had some great discussions, some good Fan Friday stuff. I'm looking forward to, to more of that starting on Tuesday. Um, so 
if you want to do that, if you want to get involved in the podcast or you just want to follow me, hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. You can also follow this podcast at LockedOnJays. And check out the writing on JaysFromTheCouch.com because it is always excellent. Um, they had the, the Fantasy Baseball Review today, but so Blue Jays kind of target in your fantasy leagues if that's up your alley. And there will be more stuff coming up this week. I know there's a, a piece on Kevin Pillar in the works from Jeff Q. So be on the lookout for that. And a couple of them might be making appearances here this week. We will confirm that later on. But for now, thank you for listening to the Monday Musings edition of Locked on Jays. This has been Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for tuning in and take care.